Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Nottingham Forest, a club with a unique spellbinding history. Robertson, the first time we've seen them attack them and there's Francis! Well, that's what I wanted to see Robertson do. Nottingham Forest have done it. John McGovern holds the European Cup alone. Former champions of England, two-time European Cup winners, two-time FA Cup winners, Brian Clough. It's a resume many clubs would covet. But for a long stretch of time, they weren't dining at the top table. Forest are relegated. Sort of cast a, a pall of gloom over the club and the city, really. And all of a sudden, they were losing money, and these people had come in it to make money. And uh, unfortunately, their share price wasn't good enough. That season was a disaster for the club, you know. It, it, Brian had sort of probably lost his way a little bit at the football club. It was inevitable that he was going to leave the football club. So, why so long in the wilderness? And how did Steve Cooper and his side manage to finally bounce back to the big time? This is Nottingham Forest. Far have I travelled, much have I seen. Their long journey back to the Premier League. today obviously but I am happy I'm a happy man happiness comes with inside I'm a good socialist I'm a good dad I'm a good granddad I'm happy get on man the unmistakable voice of Brian Clough it's 1993 and Forrest have just been relegated to the championship Clough has decided to retire at the end of the season Barry could you excuse me and thank you for asking me to be interviewed and I'll go back to Barbara and my grandchildren. It's been a pleasure knowing you, sir. Uh-huh. Enjoy your time. Thank you. It was sad to see the demise of him at the club and considering I think he'd been there 17 years and, and the history that he had. And then, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. He probably should have bowed out maybe a couple of years earlier. We got to the FA Cup final in 91 and maybe that was a good time maybe for him to finish. But... 
Listen, he'll always be remembered fondly at Nottingham Forest by by myself, by the players that have, have worked with him, and certainly by the supporters. You know, he's, he's a national hero in in those parts in the East Midlands, and that's what he should be remembered for. That's the voice of former Forest left back and club legend Stuart Pearce. Here's former Forest goalkeeper Mark Crossley. We still didn't really know, I believed, until right to the very end that he was actually going to pack in. He wasn't the type to come in and dress room and go. Lads, this is my last season. Uh, I'm finishing. It wasn't like that. It was just bang, gone, finished. I've done. I've, you know, it, that's what I recall of it anyway. It was a sad way for the gaffer to go, really. He believed that, you know, that that last season we could have done a lot better, but we weren't good enough that season. We were, we were poor right from the start. I think, well, actually, we won the first game. I think it was the first live game on TV against Liverpool. We won 1-0. And Stuart Pearce always gets on to me because I famously quoted after that game, I think we've got half a chance this season. <laughs> uh, but we, we, we got relegated. So some quote that was. So every season after that, Stuart Pearce used to say to me, big man, do not make any quotes after the first game. I wasn't allowed to quote anything after, after that. Cliffy had left behind quite the legacy at Forest, seven trophies in 18 wonderful years. So how was the club to rebuild after his departure? His former player, Frank Clark, who'd won a European Cup under him, was named as his successor. You know, he'd been an incredibly successful legend there for 18 years almost, so it was a bit daunting. Ultimately, it was just about doing the best job I could. You know, it was the right way to do it. I mean, no way was I ever going to try and be another Brian Clough, because that would be silly. But there were a lot of problems when I first went there. You know, they'd just been relegated, the Messiah had gone, which had sort of cast a, a pall of gloom over the club and the city, really. When I was a player coming to the end of my playing career and he knew that I was thinking about going into management, he said, don't do it because you're too nice, <laughs> which wasn't exactly a glowing uh, testimonial, but there you go. He knew what the club was about. He knew what the supporters were about. He knew what Brian Clough was about. So when he came in, he didn't have to change too much, really, apart from put his own stamp on the situation and his knowledge of players and some of his signings that we just couldn't believe that he was making. And, and we, we flew back up to the Premier League, you know, just through sheer brilliant appointment from the, from, from the board to appoint Frank, who knew the club. Frank initially did well. Forrest bounced straight back up and then, in true Brian Clough style, finished third in their first season back in the Premier League. He's done it! So I was able to spend that money and I'd give the team a look that said it was my team, not Brian's team, you know. I brought in Stan Collymore, obviously. And Nottingham Forest must feel as though they've broken into the Bank of England. Collymore has stolen a goal from the vaults of the Old Trafford defences. It had to be him. Been down, yeah. Stan was incredible for two years at the club, 25 goals each year. It was amazing to, to finish third. I think there's only Newcastle done the same since, and that will never, ever, ever be repeated. Frank got himself in the record book simply by being a gentleman, knowing how to handle players, big players. you got England captain Stuart Pearce in there, you know, and Frank just knew how to handle people by being a gentleman. He didn't have to shout. It looked as though we were on our way up, but... As, as often happens when, you, when you're at clubs like Nottingham Forest, you know, clubs come in and buy your best players and Stan left to go to Liverpool and 
that hurt us a little bit. That was the start of the demise, I think, for me, really, that Stan, Stan went to Liverpool and Bohinan went to Blackburn. These are top players that actually got us to that third-place finish, you know. But there's no way you can withstand your league position if you're flogging your best players on. It it's, it's really is that simple. After that season came a ninth-placed finish. And then things started to unravel. I also became maybe the victim of, of my own success in finishing third in the following season. As you say, we finished ninth and, and the supporters were absolutely furious. They thought that was a bad season, that we'd finished ninth in the Premier League. We'd got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, the quarterfinals of the UEFA Cup and actually made a profit, a trading profit for the first time for God knows how many years. But they weren't happy with that. And believe it or believe it not, after that season, the, the season ticket sales were right down in the summer. By the summer of 1996, the club was facing a major crisis. The club uh, at that time was really run in a very a very strange way. It was run by a committee, none of whom were particularly wealthy people. None of them were going to put money into the football club because it could be voted out by a group of shareholders. So nobody was going to invest uh, under those conditions. So the club had, had to survive really on the money that they generated. But what they had, they had a, an overdraft agreed with the bank that was, well, the security for the overdraft was the value of the playing stock because they didn't have anything else. You know, they didn't own the ground. City Council owned the ground. So they had no assets to use as uh, collateral. What they did was uh, they got this uh, £6 million overdraft on the basis of the value of the, of the playing squad. Well, as soon as Bosman came in, of course, that just knocked that straight out the window because bank managers were looking at that and thinking, oh, hell, Pearcey gets out of contract, he can walk away for nothing. Colin Cooper can walk away for nothing. We're not going to put up with that for very long. So they started putting pressure on the directors to, to get the overdraft down and they found that very difficult to deal with, which I understand. I mean, you know, it was a, it was a problem. Forrest was sliding into uncontrollable debt. The total deficit reached £11.3 the club soon found itself in the hands of its auditors, Price Waterhouse. We'd won the first game of the season away at Coventry 3-0 and not won subsequently up until just before Christmas. On the Friday, Frank Clark stepped down as manager. The club rung me and said, would you take over as caretaker manager? And the club were going through a takeover financially. I said, OK, fine. Initially, they said it would be for a month. Uh, and I was still playing at the time ended up coming in we beat Arsenal the invincible team uh, from the year before we beat them in our first game so the two games I had was Arsenal at home United at home so big games so we ended up uh, starting pretty well and, and I stayed in post Harry um, Harry Bassett come in and joined me in March um, just as an old head we probably just had too much to do to stay up eventually so in the end the club got relegated <laughs> Southampton have got all three points on a depressing afternoon for Nottingham Forest. Stuart Pearce said that they would have to be celebrating at 4.45. They are not, and his team are staring relegation in the face. Forest eventually went down in 1997. And Nottingham Forest are promoted, barring a Herculean goal-scoring effort from Middlesbrough this week. Dave Bassett will be leading his side in the Premiership next season. Once again, Forrest bounced straight back up under Dave Bassett, but went straight back down again the following season. 
Well, it was all hunky-dory when I got promoted and there was going to be money spent on the team when, in actual fact, they needed money because their stock market on the aim hadn't gone well and all of a sudden they were losing money and these people had come in it to make money. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, their share price wasn't good enough, so all of a sudden they needed to bolster it up and as I say it was a disastrous season and all of a sudden I had interference uh, with uh, Irving Scholar you know selling Kevin Campbell behind my back and deciding he wanted to keep Van Oyd on and he didn't realise that Van Oyd was going to go on strike which uh, left us in a terrible hole with two players who had scored like 53 goals the season before not in the team so you know you take them away and uh, also Colin Cooper followed soon after so it was a disaster season. And of course, they, I think after I'd gone, they employed Ron Atkinson. They thought Ron could keep him up. Unfortunately, he couldn't for him. This time, Forrest wouldn't come straight back up. Those successes and the cliff were now beginning to feel like a distant memory. Forrest now had to battle for their status as one of English football's biggest clubs. And it was a long road ahead. Coming up on Nottingham Forest, far have I travelled, much have I seen, the club reaches a new low point. Embarrassing that obviously you didn't perform to the level you were expected to perform. The disappointment is, is massive. It's massive because you're short for words. By the end of 1999, Forest found themselves back in the second tier. Here's goalkeeper Mark Crossley. You could smell that the club didn't have that togetherness, that, you know, people were starting to, to think they could do what they wanted. And we'd never had that. You know, when your best player, because Pierre Van Oyland was our best player, he went on strike for three months and the players didn't agree with it and it builds a rift straight away. And you never recover from things like that. David Platt came in, he came in from Sampdoria, straight away signed three Italians, which was never going to work in the championship, never. I remember the first game away at Ipswich, we'd signed a, a 35-year-old centre-back and he played as a sweeper because that's what they did in Italy. And we got absolutely battered. We, we, we defended deeper than the ocean that day, you know, because we were playing with a sweeper. I felt a bit for David because he, he, he just he couldn't get it going. He had to recruit, but he had to recruit bargains. He couldn't go out there and spend five and six million to try and get us back promoted. So, for me, the demise was the start of the Pierre Van Oydonk thing and then it just went it, it just went downhill from then ever since. The early noughties saw more struggles as talented youngsters such as Jermaine Jenis left the club for bigger prospects. But in the 02-03 season Forrest came close to promotion again with a talented team including Michael Dawson and Andy Reid. Reid goes for goal himself and has found the net from 25 yards. And the manager Paul Hart they reached the playoff semi-finals. Kutic have certainly done their bit and Kappa's not giving it up yet. Oh, it's an old goal from Des Walker of all people. And it means that Sheffield United are on their way to Cardiff. An epic battle with Sheffield United ended in defeat and Forrest were consigned to another year in the Championship. And problems off the field started to worsen. Two years later, Hart was left with no money to spend and the unthinkable happened. Nottingham Forest became the first ever European Cup winners to be relegated to the third tier of league football. 
Midfielder Eugen Bopp was part of the squad that dropped down to League One. Embarrassing that obviously he didn't perform to the level you were expected to perform. The disappointment is, is massive. It's massive because you're short for words, like really upset, you're down mood, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to explain, but you're just really disappointed. Disappointment, just, just to be able to look back and just, just sit there and think, I can't, I can't believe, you know, through all those seasons, we did manage to get enough points to keep this club in division, to re regroup maybe for next season and make it better next season. But like I said, it was a learning curve for, for all the players. It was a learning curve for the football club as well. Midfielder Lewis Magugan was breaking through at Forest during their spell in the third tier. It was a really tough time, Nottingham Forest in League One, 25 plus thousand every home game. If you wasn't kind of winning at half-time, there was, there was a bit of tension. In it. And that was, but for me, I was quite naive going into it because I was I was a kid I didn't really understand the severity of what was going on it was like yes I understand we're league one and we need to get this club higher but it's like sometimes it was good that I went in at that time in a sense of it was a brilliant platform which allowed me to get into the first team earlier with them being kind of in league one there's a lot of pressure daily that you carry but at that time we especially the year that we eventually went up we had we had to go up that year it was the pressure was that it was we'd been in League One for too long and we needed to get back to the Championship. Eventually though, at the third attempt, Forrest tasted promotion once again under Colin Calderwood, even if it was just to get them back to the second tier. Finally we did it, but I can still remember being in that kind of corner, trying to hold the, hold the ball up and the whistle went and like I say, the pitch was within minutes full and it was a really good time and it, it was kind of one of them, it was a time to celebrate but it was also because we we knew we belonged in the championship it was more so good celebration but it was a job that we needed to do let's move on now if that made sense it wasn't it was kind of expected the aim now was to fire themselves back to the premier league former derby county manager billy davis was appointed forest boss midway through the 2009 season he became the first manager to take charge of both clubs since a certain brian clough Robert Earnshaw was a key member of that Forest team. It was a, a crazy period of time that, uh, you know, our manager gets sacked, then we go on and beat uh, Man City, I think it was 3-0. And then, obviously, after that, Billy takes over, but he was very clear that um, we had to improve uh, the team, but also we had to chase, you know, start targeting promotion. Maybe not straight away, but build up to that and definitely the next season. And the next season, you know, even you know from day one of pre-season, it was about we're chasing uh, promotion now. So he was very clear with that. You know, listen, with Billy, um, it was great. I enjoyed it because what Billy brought, I think he brought a determination. He brought a grit. He brought super professionalism. And what he did is he pushed us to higher levels than even we thought as players. Davis guided Forrest to two playoff semifinals, but lost both. In 2011, he was replaced by Steve McLaren, an experiment which lasted just a few months. Owner Nigel Doughty had brought Frank Clark back to the club as chairman that season. Nigel had invested an amazing amount of his own money into the football club and he appointed Steve McLaren as manager, which on the surface seemed like a great idea, but for some reason it didn't work out and Steve was having a terrible time. The team was poor. Nigel was getting terrible stick on, on social media, uh, which is incredible when you think of the amount of money that he was investing in the club. In October of, the, of that season, I think the bottom of the league or second bottom, and Steve McLaren resigned. Frictions between Forest fans and Doughty began to arise, and the club was put up for sale in 2012. Nigel 
had had enough of taking all this stick. And he rang me and asked me, would I would I go back to the club as a football consultant to help them out? Which I was happy enough to do, you know. Consultancy is great, isn't it? You go in and you give them your opinion and you go away. And if it doesn't work out, <laughs> you don't get the blame. <laughs> but then about a week later, he, he rang me again and said, listen, the situation's changed. I'd like you to be the chairman. And I thought, oh, well, why not? And he said, you'll have the authority to hire and fire. You'll be able to run the club, but it will have to be within the the budget that, that he set, which is quite right. You know, he was the man putting the money in. I mean, he, he was financing the club even then to the tune of about a million pounds a month. Uh, and without that money, the club couldn't survive. And uh, the situation changed again. The, uh, the legal people who were representing the family weren't happy at all with this uh, one million pounds a month going into Forest coffers directly from Nigel's coffers. And we faced a real battle uh, to survive till the end of the season. Myself, Mark Arthur was chief executive. John Pelling was the finance director. The three of us had to uh, just had to work very, very hard to literally keep the club going, to keep up the morale of the staff. We used to have massive arguments with these solicitors about about the finance. The club was put up for sale straight away, understandably. We had to keep stressing to them, look, if, if the money stops before the end of the season, the club will go into administration because we will certainly not trade illegally, which we would have done if this money had stopped coming. So that, you know, that was a really difficult situation. More tumultuous years lay ahead, but success was on the horizon. Coming up on Nottingham Forest, far have I travelled, much have I seen, we look back on the Farwaz years. The owner was a very, very difficult man to work for. He wanted to influence everything at the club with, dare I say, very little knowledge of how to run a business or how to run a football club. And take a closer look at an incredible promotion campaign. Nottingham Forest, the club of Brian Clough, of Stuart Pearce, of Gary Bertels, of Archie Gemmell, of Des Walker are making a return to the Premier League for the first time in a generation. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply.
February 2012, with the club up for sale, owner, chairman and lifelong Forest fan Nigel Doughty sadly passed away. Forest was suffering on the pitch and survived a relegation battle by 10 points in the following months. With uncertainty about ownership, they were heading into the new season with just 12 players contracted to the club. But in July, a group of investment bankers chose the Kuwaiti Al Hazawi family to take over, and they came in with plenty of promise. The Kuwait based Al Hazawi family have outlined their plans for the N Power Championship Club. We're in a different league, and uh, certainly, you know, we do have ambitions, we do have hopes, but we will start, and someday, yes, we will probably play with Manchester City or Manchester United. I'm delighted. I just, I just love this club and I just want it to go forward. Absolutely blinding. Can't wait for this new season now. This is a new chapter now. Hopefully we can get back to where we belong. Midfielder Lewis McGugan remembers the new owners arriving at the city ground. That kind of initial first six months was just chaotic. It was just chaotic. There was just too much going on. It just wasn't healthy or for the football, for the football team, for the squad, for the managers to try and... There was just... We need to concentrate on football, but there was also always something kind of happening in the background, especially that pre-season. It just didn't kind of flow at that time I was at the club. And I think Farwell's intentions was, was was very good from the start. I think you can always have a plan, but I think that's the case with anything. I think that's the case, especially a lot of football owners. Their intention from the start or the plan from the start is always probably the right one, but they didn't have the experience that they needed to deal with certain things and... Yeah, I think the kind of club lost its lost its kind of identity, really. But once again, Forrest struggled to make it back to the top flight. There was a managerial merry-go-round with nine different bosses during their five seasons in charge. Stephen Cottrell, Sean O'Driscoll, Alex McLeish, Billy Davis again, Stuart Pearce, Doogie Friedman, Philip Montagnier and Mark Warburton. Stuart Pearce returned as manager in 2014. It was different. It was very fragmented, the football club, you know. There was a lot of disaffection there from the academy right the way through the fans, everyone. It was really disappointing for me to see. There wasn't a unity at the football club in any way, shape or form. I'd like to think probably in my short time there, back as manager, I unified a lot of the club once again. Uh, I think that's something I'm particularly good at. But the owner was a very, very difficult man to work for. He wanted to influence everything at the club. We, dare I say, had very little knowledge of how to run a business or how to run a football club. A lot of managers had, had worked for the same owner and, and told me scare stories and and some of those scare stories sort of bore out in front of me. So nothing would surprise me, you know, and, and it doesn't in football. So it, it's the nature of the game. But the bottom line is, people say to me, I, I think my tenure was about seven months and we ended up being anywhere between first in the league and 12th in that time. And it was always going to be a long project at, at Forest, as you've seen. You know, it's taken 23 years for them to get back again. So I'm so glad I went back in the club again. You know, once again, the, the fans and the relationship with me and the fans has, has been sensational and not fractured or broken in any way, shape or form because I went back in as a manager, so which is always good to see. Finally, after years of frustrating mid-table finishes and latterly a slide towards relegation, the club was sold again, this time to Olympiacos owner Evangelos Marinakis. Another new era was set to begin. 
It's about the confidence. It's about the, the ambition again, and I would like to to transmit my my ambition because uh, and they have to to realize that they are in a in a big club, and the big clubs are always thinking about winning. Midway through the 2017-18 season, Spaniard Aitor Carranca was brought into the club. As a manager who had already tasted promotion with Middlesbrough, it was clear that Forrest was starting to show intent. But once again, the club pulled up short. Carranca improved results, but left the club midway through the following season. After a brief stint under Martin O'Neill, Sabri Lamushi arrived at the city ground. Big club with a lot of um, expectation because uh, big fan, big history. So we must do um, our job to try to give our best from beginning. Forest were flying under the French manager, only to tragically miss out on the playoffs on the final day of the season. It's Forest 1, Stoke 4, it's an own goal right at the end, and that ends Forest's playoff hopes. Forest 1, Stoke 4. Forest have somehow incredibly thrown away a playoff place that was in their hands. Eventually, Chris Hooten took over, but Forest finished a lowly 17th the following season. At the start of the last campaign, Hooten was dismissed with Forrest picking up just one point from their first seven games. First chorus will be getting sacked in the morning from the Derby County fans for Chris Hooten. No team in history who had been in that position had managed to finish higher than 14th place. The wait for Premier League football once again seemed like a distant dream. But then, Steve Cooper arrived. Proud, privileged, honoured. Across the face of goal, Taylor! Great football club, steeped in tradition and history that you know everybody knows about, so it's a real honour to be. It's happened very quick. Barnsley 1, Nottingham Forest 3, three goals in 22 minutes. But ever since there was a chance of, of joining, it was just a, a real intention to get here as quick as I can. Birmingham City nil, Nottingham Forest 3, points surely secured, and this Forest revival under Steve Cooper is set to continue. Cooper oversaw four wins in his first five games in charge. The only defeat in his first 15 matches was a loss to eventual title winners Fulham. But it wasn't just on the pitch that Cooper was turning things around. Forest legend Gary Birtles says that the Welsh manager was keen to embrace the history of the club. He invited us out for a drink. We were there a couple of hours. He was asking us questions about how things were done when we played under Brian and Peter. And, you know, he invited me down to, to a training session at the city ground. He did it all himself. Yes, everybody was around him, but it was down to him and the response he got from players in a training situation on the, uh, the city ground pitch. He was just great to watch it really was it was so impressive me speaking to a lot of them and and getting quite friendly with the likes of gary Bertles has made me really understand the real history of the football club and what it stands for so it just makes me be try and be the best i can at my job and we want to embrace the past we want to be proud of it we'll always stand on their shoulders and we and we want to but we want to do it trying to create a positive next step and that's only what we're trying to do and that emphasis on pride has trickled down to the players too here's ex-forest player david johnson dad of current striker Brennan, talking about a moving moment in the dressing room involving club captain and local lad Joe Worrell. He did a speech to all the players and the manager got them up and was just saying, listen, you're Nottingham, this this is what it actually means to these boys. And Joe got up. Joe was that emotional, started crying. Before that, he got all the parents to write a message. So every time the players go into their locker room, there's a message in all their lockers. Here's Joe Worrell himself. We etched ourselves in history last season, getting back to the Premier League after so long out of it. Obviously the guys who 
did fantastically for the for the club many years ago. John McGovern, Ian Storymore, John Robertson, Frank Clark, all those kind of boys, Colin Barrett, who are at the club very regularly and in contact with the manager and all the staff and we see them all the time. It's funny that they don't leave Nottingham. You come from all over and you and you and you stay in the city. And that's something that hopefully happens to a lot of players who are here now who have a real longevity about the Forest career and that's something that we aim to have in the Premier League as well, longevity. Heading into the final two games of the season, Forest were battling it out for automatic promotion with Bournemouth. But the Cherries secured a place in the Premier League with a 1-0 win. There must be lights burning brighter somewhere. The referee blows the full-time whistle. Cue Bedlam in Bournemouth because the Cherries are back in the Premier League. If I can dream of a better land. Once again, Forrest would have to do it the hard way. Slips it back to Garner, a chance to cross, he does cross, it's touched in towards the near post, and it's smashed in! Wow, what a goal, what a fantastic goal! Forrest take the lead in the playoff final, and there's the full-time whistle, and it's time for Nottingham Forest to party like it's 1999. Despite their worst start to the season in 108 years, Nottingham Forest, the club of Brian Clough, of Stuart Pearce, of Gary Bertels, of Archie Gemmell, of Des Walker, are making a return to the Premier League for the first time in a generation. For so long they've been in the shadows, a team from yesteryear, but this is a game-changer. The last time they were in the top flight, it was the 90s, but now, under the expert guidance of Steve Cooper, they have been pushed just about to the Premier League. There's still a lot of football to be played when I came in, of course, and um, we set out in a way of play and we set out in, in an identity and an attitude and we've just stuck to it, you know, and um, it's all been about what we can do rather than what we can't do. It's all been about us and not the opponent. We've stuck to a way, way of playing and, um, like I said, when we've had many setbacks, we've recovered well. I mean, we've been brilliant this year. There's no doubt about that. You know, you've seen some of the football that we've played, young players, you know, taking risks and, you know, building from the back with attacking football. And, um, you know, we deserve where we are. There's no doubt about that. They've done it. Finally, after 23 years, Forrest had made it back into the big time. Evangelos Maranakis had realised his dream as owner. It's a magic moment. We are back. And now we go for trophies. Did you think it was an impossible dream when Steve Cooper arrived? Nothing is impossible for me. If you see what I have done, I love you, see that nothing is impossible. So what can Nottingham Forest do now that they are back? What do you think? You have to be patient and see, but uh, be ready for trophies. I want to congratulate them. It was uh, a terrific effort. Let them enjoy now, 40 years later. We shouldn't talk anymore about the past. We should talk about the future. See the wood through the tricky trees. The Premier League awaits for Forest. Welcome back to the big time. Who knows what's to come? so good to see them getting promoted again 
and just looking round and seeing people probably of my age and older and slightly younger than me that had experienced the glory times at, at Nottingham Forest, you know, wearing retro shirts and alongside them were their children that have never seen Forest in the Premier League. So this season will be a great season for Forest. Brennan Johnson with a shot and Brennan Johnson with a goal. It means a lot, obviously. I've only known Nottingham Forest to be in the Championship and even League One. So just as a fan, being in the Premier League, it's, it's so good for the, for the whole city. I mean, just going out and about, it's got a real buzz to it, all different even like at the cricket, rugby, stuff like that. It just brings everyone together and, yeah, it's, it just means so much to everyone and it's been really good. Fingers crossed that I think survival is the main aim. If they survive this league and then you can build on it for this season, then who knows, Forest could be back where they belong, in, in, where I believe they belong. And Grabber is there! And has turned it in! Try and keep the core of the team that got you up there and bring in maybe two or three players with a bit more quality to cope with the Premier League. But Steve's had to, uh, as I say, he's had to replace half the team before he starts tinkering with it at the edges, you know. So it is, it is going to be it's going to be very difficult for him. Nottingham Forest, the only side to have beaten Arsenal in the third round of the FA Cup in a generation. 12 months ago, we never thought we'd be, be anywhere near the Premier League. So I just hope we take that kind of one-off atmosphere that they had in the FA Cup games, which kind of changed the emphasis of them games. I just hope we kind of bring that same attitude into the into the into the league next year. Really, it's just now you know gelling the team together, believing in what Steve Cooper is trying to achieve this season, believing his philosophy of football, the way he wants to play the game, but also finding the right players who are willing to play the way the manager wants to play. I believe they can upset a few people like the likes of Brentford. Um, I looked at Brentford last year. I want them to have that same attitude. No fear. Go out, try and win the games, try and win pick-up points. You might lose some, of course, but don't be fearful of any team in the Premier League. Go out and give everything that you can. Ecstasy in Nottingham! The red half of the city! Cannot believe what they're witnessing! Joe we're under no illusions that next year is going to be tough. We've worked our way, obviously, last season and did extremely well since the new manager came in. Got ourselves up into the big league, which is absolutely fantastic for the club, for the players, for the city of Nottingham. 23 years out of it, it's put a smile on a lot of people's faces. We've managed to make a, a really positive step in getting promoted to the Premier League and we've got to attack the Premier League like we attacked trying to get promoted and that's really believing in what we do, committing to the challenge, backing each other and, and trying to do it in an exciting, attractive way. You know, we've got loads of young players in our team. You know, we're looking forward to it. For those loyal Forest fans, far have they travelled, much have they seen. Now is the time to finally enjoy being back in the big time. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.